So when uh, Joe and I learned that we were both going to be here today, uh, we decided that it would be more fun to do this together, um, partially because our uh, careers, even though very different paths and very different set of skills, although highly complementary, which is one of the reasons we do a bunch of these things together, are about networks and technology and how networks and technology enable, uh, whether it's prosperity, ideas, science, uh, value creation for both individuals um, and for the group at large. And we decided we would also do this as a, um, uh, as kind of to leave room for questions. So we're going to deliberately do that. So at the end, we'll be asking each other questions and we'll break for you. And if you guys don't ask questions, we'll keep asking questions of each other. <laughs> um, and as it also turns out, having uh, spent the day listening to, to these other amazing folks who've been up here, um, this has an added benefit of, of getting around the humility problem because both of us are a little embarrassed about talking about ourselves, so we decided uh, quickly that we would uh, do each other's. So I'll talk, I'll talk about Joey and Joey will talk about me, so that way we get around that a little bit. Um, and that were my opening remarks. You. Yeah, uh, well then I'll start by talking about Reed a little bit. Uh, well, first of all, I, 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 th I think it's really interesting listening to everybody's stories because they're there's certain common themes, but they're very different. And many of you may have read this thing that went around on the internet about survivorship bias, which is you know the people that end up being lucky in some cases, you don't hear from the unlucky people. So statistically speaking, people who are successful aren't necessarily the best examples to follow. I mean, if, if you're just doing it statistically. Now, however, if you get a variety, it's, it's, but the other point I think which is really important and what you'll see here is every- We'll argue with General Petraeus a little later. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. But, 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 I, but I, do, I, I do agree that, that, that uh, the definition of luck, I mean, I think preparedness and that, that's true, but you can still get unlucky. But having said that, I think everybody has a natural disposition. Now you could, you can, we can have like the earlier comment, um, from um, Dr. Watson, is it DNA? Is it? But but for whatever reason, Reed and I are very different. And I think one of the things that you have to really be careful about is really, first of all, becoming very aware of who you are. I think that starts first, and then you can prepare for the luck. Because Reed and I are completely different. And I think the reason we're successful is we're fairly aware of what we are. And and, and so, for instance, I'll describe Reed. So Reed. Um, is a nerd. Um, he, uh, That's both of us, actually. <laughs> both of us, okay. But, but, but different kind. Yes. Uh, but but I, th I don't think he's ever, I don't think he has ever lost a, <laughs> in a good way. It's all good. <laughs> I don't think he's ever lost a board game in his life. I mean, he when he was a little kid, barely, you know, just really little kid, below the uh, age for the recommended age for um, some of these role-playing games, he would rewrite the rules, or, correct them. Or Avalon Hill a games. Avalon Hill games and war games, and he'd go to the publishers and explain why his rule set was better. And, and so he's, he's the best strategist that I know. And he can do things, like take very complex things, and, 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 and this is why he's such a good investor. He can take a very complex theory or business plan, get his head around the whole thing. He can carry, so, he has so much RAM. But then, but the other part that's really important is that we've talked about this with other speakers. Is he's got a fundamental uh, compassion carrier signal that's really, really important. And so, if he, so Reed started out as an academic, as a philosopher, um, Marshall Scholar, um, Oxford philosophy, trying to change the world through academia. Then he realized he wasn't going to get the scale of impact that he wanted as an academic. So he went into venture and he built. Um, among other things, LinkedIn. Um, one thing, by the way, if you have met the founders of all the various social network companies, 
the social networks are basically caricatures of the obsessions of the, of the founders. And so, so if you look at LinkedIn, that's what Reed's brain is like. It's like a very organized way of, of, of sort of creating business value and other things. So, I mean, but, but anyway, um, so, but, but I think what's important is Reed started from the point of trying to create social impact. And, um, and to me, he's an, a key person in the uh, ecosystem. Now that I'm in Boston, I notice this more of connecting the Silicon Valley, somewhat libertarian, we don't need the government, we're smart, we're gonna sort of figure it out on our own, but hold, hold on, we've got so much money, how do I think about phil philanthropy, but we're gonna fix it like, he, he's the ambassador from that crowd to the sort of more old-fashioned crowd that we have on the East Coast and others. And then I think the key, key part there is that since Reed's been involved in sort of public intellectual thought, and I think the philosophy background helps, um, He's able to articulate and translate to other communities. So I think I think that's that's an important important role. And I have more more, more stuff, but I'll, I'll I'll start there. It's time for me to embarrass you uh, versus <laughs> me. Um, so uh, the short introduction I usually give to Joey is college dropout director of the MIT Media Lab. Uh, <laughs> that that encapsulates a lot of it. Uh, but uh, one of the things that's particularly interesting when you get to Joey's past is he comes from a very uh, long line, of kind of uh, an elite family in Japan. Uh, his um, uh, his, uh, his ancestors, uh, grandparents, basically uh, decided that they had been lied to in World War II and it was time to go understand the US better and so they moved to Detroit. And uh, Joey and his past, uh, he, he he follows his instincts about what leads him to where is there interesting technology, where are the people doing interesting, creative, innovative things on the kind of fringes of the network. You know, he's done everything from being a DJ to working on film sets to being an entrepreneur to being a venture capitalist to being an academic <laughs> or director of an institution. And I thought one of the things that I would share is this story by which um, Joey and I uh, actually first met each other. So I was working at PayPal, and I was tasked with figuring out how to launch PayPal in Japan. And PayPal had this uh, challenging problem, which is payments industry is not exactly banking industry, but in a lot of countries, they think payments and banking is the same thing. And the problem with violating uh, banking rules is that, uh, this is I explained to Peter Thiel, who's the CEO of PayPal, was you have an orange jumpsuit problem, which is we're found to be violating the law. When you land, they may very well arrest you and put you in jail. That's a suboptimal outcome. <laughs> so, uh, so I was tasked with how could we launch in Japan? And so what I did is I called a whole bunch of people I know, and I said, look, uh, the Japanese are great at industry and a bunch of other things, but innovation and kind of figuring out how to navigate unclear rules is not in the classic Japanese skill set. I need to talk to someone who is best possible to navigate that. Who would you suggest? And I called a wide variety of people. And by the way, this experience was some of the ideas that gave me to founding LinkedIn, because like, oh, actually, this network and getting network intelligence and all the rest of that was important. Three of the people said, there's this guy, Joe Ito. He's the one guy. You should talk to him. I called the three of them back. One of them, Frank, <laughs> said, I know, I know Joey very well. I'll introduce you. I called Joey, and with Joey's, uh, because Joey said, oh, I know who to put you in touch with. Uh, he'll help you navigate the Japanese Financial Services Administration, tell you what to do. 
within four weeks, we had a letter from them saying, as long as you are, you can trade in yen, but until you're in Japanese, you're not actually in business in Japan, so you can actually launch and you won't be regulated by us. And that was you know, an extraordinary outcome that allowed uh, PayPal to get going uh, in Japan. And it was partially because the things that Joey is uh, amazing about is that he is a great collector and creator of ideas and a collector of people around that. And it's generally speaking at the fringes of the network, the people who are innovators, the people who are challengers, the people who are uh, kind of thinking about how do you improve the system. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things that we then later met for coffee um, in San Francisco, because like, oh, this is fun, we should, we should do this. And, uh, and since then, any conversation I've had with Joey, I always discover a new idea because he's discovered some other place. They say, well, if actually this part of this fringe of this network, if this was made more prominent, connected in, it could create great things. And generally speaking, technology is one of the things. Like Joey is one of the first major adopters of blogging. Uh, and for a long time was what, you know, on a very short list of who the most followed blog bloggers were. But he also is interested in science and technology. And so uh, when I was called as a reference for his job, this was, this is one of those entertaining things. Um, uh, the, the couple professors got online and they said, okay, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm trying to persuade Joey to go ahead LinkedIn Japan and I've offered him 10% of that company. What else would you like to know? <laughs> right. They're like, oh, we can't pay him that much. I'm like, yeah, he's not going to take your job because <laughs> you're paying him more. He's going to take your job because he loves that and he follows his instinct about what is the central points of creating ne uh, networks in order to, 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 to um, create the, you know, make the world better. And, uh, and with that, I will uh, go to my last thing and then you can ask, we'll start asking each other questions. Yes, we are embarrassing each other. Um, which is one of the things that Joey came to me with was he said, well, um, you know, part of what we should be doing at the Media Lab is I want to be connecting more with the people who are the social change agents in the world, the people who are doing, who are actually solving these really critical problems, kind of the fringe of the network. And I want to have uh, them be exposed to what we're doing at the Media Lab in terms of the technologies we're creating, the, the brilliant geniuses we have here. Um, and for us to be exposed to them so that in creating that network, we have a higher likelihood of these uh, problems being solved. And so in the last couple of years, Joey's created the, the Director's Fellowship Program, which has people doing prison reform, urban farming, race car driving right, from around the world, and is actually figuring out how to create a network such that these people in their various projects can actually do something extraordinary and that the Media Lab can be this uh, center hub for things like the Makers Move and everything else. And this has been you know, just a, a pleasure and uh, awe-inspiring to watch. And you, you were actually the one that convinced me to take the job. I was, I was struggling whether to do LinkedIn Japan or which I think I would have made a lot more money or, or this other thing. Yes. And, and you said, you, but, but I have one point and then I have a, a framework thing. So, so one thing, by the way, the story about, it was actually my, my uncle and my mother. And when the American occupation came to our house, our house was supposed to be the northern GHQ for that group because we were the local sort of um, base, basically. And everybody had told my mother and my uncles, and, and they were kind of in their teenage, early teenage, that the Americans would come and rape the women and steal everything, and they would be terrible. And so they were pushed off to the side, and they're peeking through the door. And my grandmother was a very strong woman. So when the troops came up onto, into the house with their boots on, she scolded them. Um, for coming in this house with their boots on. 
and the commanding officer apologized, ordered their men to take their shoes off, and treated my grandmother with the utmost respect, um, and treated the kids well. And what was interesting is my uncle, who had been brought up as a right-wing, sort of very strong, because we were a military family, we, we, were, we were strategists, um, he said, I've been lied to for the last 18 years. I don't believe in Japan anymore. The year after the war, he and my mother, with no money, went. He got a job at the YMCA in Chicago. And they became the dean of business at the University of Detroit. But what was, what was key here for me <laughs> is, is, is that, <laughs> is that and, and I think it was partially because the troops that were sent to Japan had never seen combat with the Japanese. And it was just a completely different thing than what we're having in the Middle East. But what was key to me was that 18 years of brainwashing could be eliminated with one experience. And, and if it weren't for that particular commanding officer, who I don't know his name, treating my grandmother with respect, I wouldn't be sitting here speaking English right now. So that's just, just sort of an interesting thing in the context of what we're, we're thinking about. And then and the, the other point is, Reed has this very interesting hierarchy of friendship that he, because he, 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 he structures stuff. And so, see, so it says tier one people are people who give without thinking about getting anything in return. And then tier two, right? Can think can, can, they, they, they do the right thing. Right, they do the yes. right thing. And tier two is you invest in people. I'm yes. going to be nice to Reed because someday, it'll come back with interest, right? Yeah. And then the other is transactional. I'll, I'll give you this if you give me that. Yep. And the other one is just greed, right? Yep. Now, and, and different people, you have to kind of adjust to whatever level. And this ties a little bit to what George was saying about you know, the dark side and the light side. But, but what's interesting is there's a conspiracy of tier one people who kind of hang out. And I think, I mean, I was talking to um, Admiral McRaven earlier just to confirm these facts. But, but if you look at um, um, the training of Navy SEALs, it's not the high school jocks that actually make it through the training. It's the ones who start to build a camaraderie with a team, and it's for the other soldiers, right? And so, and, and I just got back from um, some training in, in Geneva with, 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 a, with a coach. And, and the first thing you do in order to commit to health or anything you're doing is you have to commit because of others. And, and, and then we can tie it to evolutionary biology, which is that your genes think about it as a gene pool. Right? They're actually pretty ruthless about eliminating weak individuals. And so what's interesting is it's sort of basic in us to be doing things for each other. And I think what's interesting about Reed and I is that we push each other. And I think the friendship makes us much stronger than being sort of going it alone. So I, the one thing that we, we talk a lot about here is leadership. And we've talked a little bit about teams. But I think it's really important to kind of identify who are the half dozen tier one friends that you have who just give. Um, who, with whom you can share, and f for whom you're doing it. And this can be family, too, but I think that's a, that's a really, otherwise you kind of run out of energy.